Hello, this is Peter Jonathan Robertson with the 108th episode of the PJ Archive. It's a phone interview I did with the American singer and songwriter Garth Brooks, a country music megastar and one of the biggest selling recording artists of all time. The interview took place in 1994, when Garth and his first wife Sandy had two very young children, Taylor and August. He'd released his sixth successful studio album, In Pieces, and was enjoying a sold-out world tour. Yet he remained a very level-headed, modest gentleman. Can you tell me whereabouts you were born and what sort of a place it was and what your memories are? I was born in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Very much an oil town. Uh, industry kind of town, blue collar. Actually, the house, 8525 um, E16th was the, the house that I was born in. Um, I never really remember much because when I was four years old, we moved uh, to uh, Yukon. But the running joke in the house really wasn't that much of a joke. They had to rebuild the house after we left it because just six kids, I mean, they had thrown Betsy through one of the walls in the closet and uh, they had, um, you know, played darts one day and, and never hit the board once. So the one of the whole walls and the whole thing was just full of dart holes and it was really a house that uh that you really could live in i mean it wasn't one of those things you know don't touch the wall don't do this take your shoes off it was just like hey man let's let it rock let's let's rumpus let's let's grow up like kids do and and we'll deal with it as we go is the house still standing and who owns it now i don't know it was rebuilt after we left and i don't know who's got it now do you think that it'll be turned into a museum one day like elvis's one in tupelo no, no, uh, we've got our house. Uh, Mom and Dad's getting ready to sell the house that I grew up in in Yukon. They're getting ready to sell that house because they have now their their ranch out there in, in Oklahoma City that they enjoy. So, But no, I wouldn't think of that. Uh, you know, an odd thing was Sandy was born nine blocks away from me. Crumbs. Uh But, we, you know, she was born on East 5th and I was born on East 16th, oddly enough, in the same hospital just uh, about a little under two years apart. Gosh, so how long did you stay in that? Where did you go to after that? First house was four years. Uh, the house in Yukon was, uh, I stayed in one in Vine from four years to when I was six years old. And then the the house that everyone knows me for, the 408 Yukon Avenue house in Yukon, Oklahoma, I uh, stayed in since uh, from six till probably about, see, we moved into the new house two years ago. Uh, was it quite a luxurious upbringing you had? Uh, you surrounded by luxuries, or was it quite a tough time? It was neither. It was right down the middle, real comfortable. Dad made every penny count, so did Mom, and uh, it was it was really cool, but neither the extreme poorness or neither the extreme uh, wealth. Were you sharing bedrooms? Yeah, there's five boys in one bedroom. Or of crumbs. Yeah, we had three bedrooms. Mom and Dad had one, and they gave the boys the biggest one. Right. That was three beds for the three older guys, and me and my brother Kelly shared a rollerway bed, the two small kids, and then Betsy had a room that was probably no bigger than, than two or three closets, you know, across there, but it was just perfect for her since she was the only girl. And did you have to have an outside toilet and a, and a tin bath and all that sort of thing? No. <laughs> it wasn't that bad? No, I, pal, I, I doubt anybody today ever had that. Those are, those are probably uh, an effect from too many movies. You decided to move to Nashville at what stage? I, I was 23. Right. Why was that? Because that's where the country music is based and you had to be there. Right. I don't think I'd be standing here if I hadn't moved to Nashville. How much of a dream was it to be there? Or had you been there many times before? No. Uh, it was pretty much a, 
a dream that turned quickly into, you know, a reality and you had to deal with that. Did you always dreamed of going to the Grand Ole Opry, that sort of thing? Not really. Just just dreamed of, of playing country music. I mean, uh, have you ever been to Nashville? I have. The, the chances of it being like you think it's going to be mm. are probably a million to one. Just because if you're like me, you thought it was some emerald city that the Wizard of Oz lived in. And uh, it's not, man. It's a real city full of people trying to make a living. A lot of country uh, music people. I mean, who are your neighbors um, out there? Who are your great friends that you entertain? Nobody. Another big myth in the business. Uh, I see these people that you would know at award shows, and that's it. We don't live within 50 miles of each other. I mean, there is no... Unless they're all living on one side of town and I'm living on the other. There is nothing like that. You don't hang out with these people, you know. Though do you get quite excited if you see Tammy Wynette or Dolly Parton walking into a store or something? Um, well, for one thing, you're not going to see Tammy Wynette or Dolly Parton walk into a store uh, <coughs> here. Uh, Parton lives out uh, around Knoxville, and uh, Wynette, um, I'm not sure where she lives. She probably lives on the south side of town. Right. So what sort of people live around you? What's the surrounding area like? Is it completely isolated? No. Uh, my whole neighborhood is uh, low to mid-income housing, zone four, and uh, the guy next door to me is a mailman, and the guy over to the right of me works at a, uh, I don't expect you to know what Rockwell is, but it's kind of like a water meter, um, hell, I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. Do you worry about being isolated? I mean, a lot of you megastars just can't move for, for people. I mean, do you worry about being trapped in your own home? No. No, Nashville's never made us a prisoner of, of what we do. Do you think, therefore, you, you were wise to move to Nashville rather than to stay in L.A.? Yeah, L.A. is, is so damn big, and New York is just as big in, in a twice as small area. So it's just, yeah, both of those cities are just really... I don't see how anybody lives that's a celebrity in, in L.A. or New York, but Nashville is just, they're just another one of the people there. Do you get a lot of fans camping outside your doors? We... We've been very fortunate with, with the way people respond to what we do. We have people that, you know, that, that do camp outside our, our gates and stuff, and they've been nothing but ever nice to us. We haven't had a problem, knock on wood, yet with that situation. Now, Tammy Wynette invites coachloads around her house and gives them tea and so on. Do you do the same thing? Um, no. Outside that gate, you know, we are uh, the entertainers and, and music people, but inside those gates we made ourselves a promise that it would just be family inside there. Now, you're building a new house at the moment, aren't you? No. No, we just remodeled our old one. Well, it wasn't really even old. It was it was built in 69, but we bought it in, in 91, so we've just been remodeling it to fit more of our needs. To what extent is this your dream home? Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure that we've ever even thought of the dream home thing. As much as we travel, it's just home is, you know, where your family is. So, you know, if Sandy and I and the baby are in Sacramento, then Sacramento's home. Have you got houses elsewhere as well? No. No, we just have the house there in Nashville. Do you have any plans, though, to buy a place in L.A. and a place in London and so on? No, uh, not really. Uh, you know, as quick as travel is today, you can be there in a matter of hours. So um, I'm a one-house kind of guy, and hopefully I'll stay that way. Because being a homeowner, as, as probably you know, it's just, you know, it's a battle just to, to try and keep everything from leaking or busting or... Mm. Whatever. What was it like when you first moved in? Was it pretty run down? No, no. It was it was a beautiful house. What what was the history of it? Do you know? Actually, it was uh, the mayor's old house. Uh huh. And what sort of luxuries does it have? You got your own cinema in there, swimming pool, tennis court, that sort of thing. Uh, it's got a swimming pool in it that was there when we got there, and uh, 
what I have added to it for my own personal needs was I put a basketball court down in the barn uh, to to work out in, and uh, also have a racquetball court down there. And what about the studio? No. I keep all that stuff away from the house. So where do you go for that? Do you have your own studio where you go to, though? Nope. I uh, got my producer's studio that he allows me to go there when I want to. Do you have a lot of souvenirs of your career on the walls and things like that? A lot of photographs and gold discs and things? No. No, we, we've been blessed with a lot of that stuff. We just have chose not to hang it up uh, simply because, uh, again, our house is just for us, not for the business. What are your most treasured possessions? Are you one for photographs and all that sort of thing? No, my wife does. Uh, you know, I've, I've thrown out a ton of stuff that she's dug out and said, you don't want to throw this out because you'll like it later on. You know, pictures with people and... I've just never been a big fan of that. Do you not uh, keep guitars or well, obviously your Stetsons and things like that? Nah. Huh? No, I've got a ton of guitars, but it's it's odd. When you can't afford a guitar, nobody will give you one, but when you can afford to buy one, that's all you do is get free guitars. So <laughs> it's a weird system how that works. Is your house haunted at all? Does it have an interesting atmosphere to it? No. Are you interested in the psychic phenomenon, all that sort of thing? I just, uh, you know, the whole, the whole thing of... of of knowing what 98% of the body can do, but only knowing something like 12 or 13% of what the brain can do, I really get into that. I think, I think that's a wonderful horizon that we need to explore. And and you have sort of animals in in the fields and all that. What do you have? Three horses or something? Or yeah, a couple of them. And dogs. Mm-hmm. You're also a vegetarian. No, not a vegetarian. Just a, I don't know. Two words to wrap me up is just probably just an average Joe. I mean, not a vegetarian. I love animals. Um, what else do I like? Uh, uh, I like guns when they're when they're in the hands of the right people, you know. So just pretty average guy. Do you into motor racing or anything? That uh... no, man. Uh, another word to describe me is dull. I mean, I just don't do that stuff. I don't collect cars. I don't do anything. Hardly any of the artists, other artists that, that you know that get coverage for what they do. I don't do those things. And what, how much entertaining do you do at home? Entertaining other people? Nothing. Hardly. But when you have a party or when you go to a party, do you always, does people always ask you to sing? I haven't been to a party in three years, four years. I've never been a party person. I have never liked uh, parties. I cannot be in crowds. I can be in front of crowds, but I cannot be in them. This It's something weird with me. I get real claustrophobic in crowds. Do you cook yourself or do you have someone else to do that for you? Do you clean up the house and things? Yeah, me and Sandy cook. And uh, she cooks most of the time, but I get to cook every now and then. You know, why have somebody else in the house? I mean, you get so little time to your family anyway, why do you want to go home and have three or four other faces in there all the time? To what extent is your feet on the ground attitude down to your parents? My dad's a very realist, uh, extreme realist, almost to the point of being a pessimist. My mom is such an extreme dreamer that I think that's what I got from both of them. How do they feel about your fame? Well, they just, you know, they probably the most unspoken word about this whole business is the fact of how family has to deal with, you know, fame and, and success in, in the music business. Because there's a lot of people they see that, that they'd rather just punch in the mouth as far as talk to, but they can't do it because they know it would hurt me. So they've definitely got the hardest job. How much influence uh, has your mother been? I mean, she's a country singer, wasn't she? No, she's just always worried about me. She's worried about the bad side of the business getting me. Do they come and see every concert that you no. do? No. Do you ever go to concerts yourself? Yep. Singer-songwriters like Fogelberg, went to see him. I tried to go see James Taylor. I got the whole band and crew in there. Guys like that. Just my heroes, Billy Joel, stuff like that. 
What about uh, watching TV and so on? Do you do uh, do you do a lot of that? Try and stay away from it. Do why is that? I just never been a big fan of it. I like it when you're going to rent a movie or or you sit down and watch something like the Discovery Channel, something that's that's educational. But I don't think any of us recognize how important that box is and how much how much good and bad it can cause. How much in your house is the music? I mean, do you have a great big um, stereo system that blasts it throughout the house? Well, I have, yeah, I have entertainment systems all over because music is is my life. I mean, and I can't, it's hard for me to listen to it after several years of listening to it on, on great stereos. It's hard for me to listen to it on, on stuff that isn't, you know, really high fidelity. Do you listen to your own music or do you just listen to other people all the time? Can you not listen to your own? I'll listen to my own when we're cutting it, uh, you know, to evaluate it and stuff, but pretty much after that I'll try and stay away from it. There are some songs that we have cut that I've just become a fan of that I enjoy listening, and it's not that I enjoy listening to my voice, I just enjoy listening to the song. And are there any artists that you'd like to work with that you haven't worked with? Yeah, I try and stay away from the people that are influences for me because uh, I enjoy seeing them from a distance, you know, them being who they are and, and me not bringing them down to earth. You know, I like them where I've got them up there on those pedestals. But are there any people that you haven't met that you'd like to meet? Not really. Man, I just don't get into that kind of stuff. Yeah, I've always felt uncomfortable. Do you observe other celebrity lives, though, and and think, well, I I must not let that happen to me? Not any more than you would. Not any more than you would see somebody do something that's a celebrity and say, man, should I do that or not? So it's, it's, no, it's nothing that I, that I think we have anything in common. Are you a big spender? What, what do you do with all your fortune? Do you invest it? Just invest it, yeah, mainly. Try and get the people responsible for bringing it to me, trying to reward them with it, and uh, trying to set up Taylor's future and, and now the new little girl August's future. In the way of rewards, I mean, do you do sort of Elvis style? Do you buy your mother a Cadillac or something when you got really famous? Um, no. We did a new deal with our record label. The, the negotiations went on for almost two years straight. And on the signing of that deal, there were some extreme stuff bought for the people, the, the four people that went in and, and fought for the deal for two years, yeah. Who decides what you wear on stage? Are there, is that your own tasting clothing? Yeah. And I don't know if some people call it taste or not, but yeah, that's, <laughs> that's my clothing. Is that what you wear when you're not actually working as well? Do you wear that around the house? No, no. I'll, I'll wear everything from the waist down and the hat, but the shirts I won't wear simply because that's a, a trademark from a stage thing. And, and so what I'll wear around, you know, the farm is uh, just a T-shirt or, or a jacket, something that I can get dirty. What about the Stetson? Yeah, I don't wear the same one I wear on stage. I mean, I've got my, I've got my riding hat that's, that's been through hell and back that I have, that I've had for probably seven or eight years. How many Stetsons do you have? I don't know. I'll go through, I'll go through maybe 30 of them a year, either by just throwing them out in the crowd or just getting them broke or, or whatever, just from the stage show. To what extent do you worry about your appearance? Do you care about it? Well, I like to represent my family name, and I like to represent my myself as as well as I can, and plus country music. I mean, I want to be sharp, I want to be clean, I want to be pressed, but it's not something that that is not me. I mean, I won't go that far. A lot of uh, people say, you know, you don't look the tall, dark, and handsome Elvis style. I mean, does that bother you when they say things like that? No, I mean, it, it makes me feel good that they're seeing the real me. I would hate for somebody to think that, that I'm somebody different than what I am. I'd hate to be to disappoint somebody that bought that concert ticket and expected to see, you know, Mr. Slim, Trim, and 
head full of hair and no two or three chins. I mean, and when you walk out, they go, oh, God. You know, I'd, I'd much rather know that the guy coming out of there likes to eat and, uh, you know, is, 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 is got thinning hair and, and just, uh, you know, enjoys letting it just rip and go. And, and as long as they know that, you know, hopefully there's no disappointments when, when they come to the show. When you go out in public, uh, not, not actually as a performer, I mean, do you ever disguise yourself? Do you have to do that sort of thing? No. I wear a, a baseball cap and maybe sunglasses or something, but that's that's it. Don't you get mobbed though? No, it's never been a problem for me. These people have always been very respectful to me and my family. Can you give me some examples of fans getting in more amusing? I, I mean, have you found any in your cupboard, in your dressing room, when you've turned up that sort of thing? No. Um, you know, I, there's some multi-million-dollar stories that everybody has, and I never seem to have them. Oh. I'll come off stage, and and the guys will say. Did anybody see the girl in the third row take off her shirt? And everyone, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, no, I never see these things. So I'm, I'm never the guy that gets to see any of this stuff. I don't, I don't know where, I, where I'm looking or what I'm doing, but never get to see. I mean, and they tell some great stories on the bus. And it's like, God, how come, where was I? Have you ever got injured while throwing yourself around the stage? Because you do an awful lot of that. <laughs> you know, it's, it's such an adrenaline kind of thing and that causes all that. You really, you know, I've fallen a lot, but you really just don't feel it get up you'll feel it later on you know but no I haven't really haven't really hurt myself yet you know knock on wood you've never missed that rope ladder yeah I've missed it before I missed it once but I guess my adrenaline was so pumping that I landed flat on my back and just got right up and you know like I said later on that night on the bus it started feeling real sore but but I missed it once and vowed never to do it again <laughs> are you remotely accident prone anyway yeah yeah because I just I do a lot of things without checking them out. So usually the first guy that checks out any new gag we have, because I don't want any of my people doing it. Have you had many embarrassing moments on or off stage at all? Oh, sure. Sure, man. I, you know, anytime you fall in front of a crowd, it's embarrassing. Anytime you trip, anytime that... Now, you sing some absolutely beautiful love songs, and you've written many as well, but when you're singing them, who are you thinking of? I think, uh, you know, you sing a lot of them on, on, on the ones that, that was in your head when you created the song. And if it was your wife, fine. And if it was someone that was totally f fantasized, uh, that, then that's, you know, that's fine, too. How, how much easier was it for you to be married to Sandy before your success than it is now, as it were? I don't know. I mean, I see a lot of guys that are single out there on the crew, and I see the women that they bring in. And a lot of the women that they bring in are really struck by this kind of way of living. And unfortunately, the majority of them have found out that a lot of people come to this attracted to the business more than they're attracted to the, the, to the man that, that brought them in here. And then some of them have found you know, some very good partners. Some of them have found very good partners and blown it, the lifestyle out here. So, so it's, it's a pretty good mixture of all of them. But yeah, it, it is a definitely a thing that you must contend with is, is just the the lifestyle that comes along with this, it'll, it'll wreck the hell out of a marriage or it'll, it'll wreck the hell out of a relationship that's not built on solid ground. Do you have rules for your entourage as well as for yourself? I mean, I'm, Michael Jackson, I remember a couple of years ago, had to sack one of his entourage for misbehaving. Do you have rules on your people? Well, they just, uh, they know that they have to, you know, the, the rule is that there is no boss out on the road, but if there has to be one, one will be provided. I just ask them not to put me in that situation. They have put me in that situation, and we work through it, you know, as a group. And uh, I'm very proud to say that, you know, in five years and 37 crew members, 
I've lost uh, uh, three people total. You know, just just one was an actual difference of career choice. Uh, a gentleman wanted to do something different than what he was doing for us. I had no space available at that thing, so he went to work for somebody else, and he's very happy, and yeah. I was very happy for him. Uh, another one was just the fact that it was a new a new member came into the band, and it was just it was a different kind of member. We have a a very um, we have a very like offensive line kind of attitude uh, in our band. We're we're very physical. We're very we don't mind getting dirty, and that's kind of like the fun of it. And the band member that came in was a very clean, very uh, picker oriented, you know, and it just a very dainty kind of uh, person. She's a sweetheart, but just didn't seem to fit in with the rest of the band. And the third one? And the third one uh, was my only crew member that I have lost. And uh, the problem was the fact that he did not fit in. He was the last one to come in. Right. And I guess the new guy, just he just never, he was with us for two and a half years and just finally just, you know, the, the tension was so tight that I just said, hey man, just doesn't mean anybody's right or wrong, just some people don't get along with other people. Many of your fellow megastars have made their entourage sign the secrecy contract. Do you do that? No. No, I got nothing to hide. I mean, if these people want to go out and tell anything, I mean, I can't think anything I'd be called to the carpet for that, that I wouldn't do again. Yeah. You don't have any skeletons in your closet that are being brought out now that you've become so incredibly famous. You know, uh, if I do, I, I guess I'll deal with it when it happens, but, you know, I, I, I can't sit here and tell you, geesh, man, I mean, there's a couple things that I'm going to keep to myself. I, I can't think. I've been very open, so, you know, we'll see. Now, when you started getting girls throwing themselves at you, how, how did you feel about it? Was it tough to um, stay faithful? Well, you know, it's just, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a line I think everybody has to toe in this business. To what extent are you morally tied religiously? Because you're a very religious man. Well, you know, I, I do feel that, that everything good comes from God, and I know that, and I know all things that I have to be thankful for, I know they come from God. So that's no denying that. And, you know, re religiously, it's, it's, it's a battle inside your head of morals and what's right and what's wrong, that, that you toe the line every day and, and try and do the best you can. Do you ever think that you might lose fans because uh, the, the, your female fans know that you're married? I've never really worried about that that much. Um, you know, a, a fan that's totally in it solely for the fact that I'm married or not, you know, it really isn't that much of a fan for me. And, you know, if they're in it for the for the body and everything, they're probably ain't going to be hanging around me anyway. Oh. So I'm, I'm okay with that. Now, I read that you, uh, you hate flying. Why is that? Just never been comfortable with it. Never thought it was natural. Uh, you know, I fly probably two or three times or four times a month, you know, to places, but just just doesn't seem natural for something that big to be to be flying you've never had any scares or anything well i'm sure that that uh, you know i have but it's probably just from being just a paranoid guy i mean uh, you know there's probably been half a dozen instances where i didn't think you know we were going to get on the ground on the wheels anyway but uh, you know nothing like reba's had where she's had you know her two plane crashes and then a couple of forced landings now, I've seen that fabulous film of you in concert, and you smash your guitars. Have you never been hurt by that? I, it's the only time we ever did it. Oh, is that right? Yeah. I, I thought it was a regular thing for you. No, I couldn't do it. I, I couldn't bring myself to do that every night. What, wasting the guitars, you mean? Oh, yeah. I mean, the only reason we did it was for the film. You know, it was like, it was wild, and it was, it was like in the new film that we're putting together, that I fly throughout this whole stadium at about, 
about 70 feet in the air, and we fly a little bit over 300 feet in distance on wires. And it was the same feeling. It was really a rush of a feeling, but it's something that I don't want to do, won't do again. So are you planning anything new for the English tour? No. In fact, what we're trying to do for the English tour is bring over the tour we've been having here in America. Most of the people I think that are coming are people that have probably seen that same special, and I think that's what they want to see. So we'll bring that same special, plus that special's two and a half years old, so we'll bring two and a half years of new music and new show with it, too. So it'll be half and half. Have you ever been to England before for any reason? Yeah, I mean, we came over there and played before. We played the Cambridge Theatre. Have you got friends over here or anything? Um, yeah, I just that I've met through the music business that I know are over there. Of all the brilliant songs you've written, what, what are your, what's your favorite of all the... What would you like to perform most of all? Probably the ones I enjoy doing most are ones that I didn't have anything to do with writing. The Dance is one of them. Uh, man, I could, do, I could do The Dance a hundred times a night. Um, I really enjoy Shameless. It's a hard one to do, but I enjoy it. That's a, that's a tough call because each one's kind of special in their own way. My favourite's Lonesome Dove. I like that one. And what she's oh, doing now. Yeah. Thank you very much. I adore those two. I, I like the slower ones best. And I like Papa Love Mama. That's brilliant. <laughs> that's a lot of fun to do. Yeah, I bet it is, yeah. When and where do you write your songs? Just wherever they hit you. I mean, you can't choose when and where. I mean, I've had songs written on everything from, from a regular tablet that you planned on writing through to, to, to toilet paper when the idea hits you and that's all you had. Can you name some situations, specific situations where a famous song has come up? I was uh, I was taking a shower when uh, I had a song off a new album called The Night I Called the Old Man Out. Uh, I was in the shower when the actual melody of it, I had the words and didn't have a melody for it. Uh -huh. the shower, it just started hitting me what it was. So yeah, I mean, that's it's, it's just all kinds of places. On the road is a big one, you know, just because of the rhythm of the road. It's just, it's there. There's a lot of rhythms out there and the, the things start hitting are you quite a writer anyway? Do you think you'll write a book one day or anything? No, I would never consider myself a writer. Uh, most of the stuff you've probably seen from me I've co-written, which means pretty much somebody does a lot of work and then somebody, you know, kind of hangs out and just kind of gives ideas, and that's kind of what I do. Do you have any ambitions at all to be an actor? Because a lot of your fellow musicians have done that sort of thing. Eh, it's, um, you know, it'd be another vehicle to express opinions and stuff, so it'd be a cool vehicle to have, whether it comes true or not, well, you know, have you had any scripts, though? I bet you get loads sent to you, don't you? Mm-hmm. A lot of cowboy scripts. Yeah, but I don't think, if I do do a movie, I don't think the first one I should do should be anything anybody can predict me doing, so I'll probably have to cancel those out. What are your hopes for the future? Um, I think the fight against cancer and AIDS is something that is noble. I think the one fight we are all overlooking is the fact if we don't do something about our ecology, we're not going to have to worry about the other things. So that's, that's a big hope for me for the future. Now, there has been talk about you going into politics one day. Are you actually quite serious about that? I doubt politics would uh, get along with me. Just I'm just not one to put up with a bunch of talk. What do you want to be doing in ten years' time? I want to be a dad. You don't want to change your direction at all? No, I'm real happy with Garm. And if, you know, if music's ten years down the road, well, then yeah, I'm even more lucky than I am now. What's your idea of bliss? That's in a world where I don't fear when my daughters step out the door world that I don't fear, you know, when, when my wife walks out the door and worry about them ever coming back. Finally, can you give us a message for all your fans over here? Yeah. If it can happen to me, it can happen to anybody. What's your advice for the young people who want to emulate you? Uh, don't emulate me. <laughs> that would be my advice. Be your own person and trust me, if you're yourself, you'll be 
ten times better than than anybody you could ever try to copy.